Glory. Isn't that nice? Rejoice. Yes, I will. Because I'm here to spill at the bar. Whether you're near or afar, we're gonna get into the glory like Noah's Ark in the tar. Some might think it's bizarre, but we know it's. Normal anointianity. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Fresh living water, head to toes, heaven flows. God already knows. Tarred and feather, whacked and sacked in the glory. Thank you, Lord, for fresh encouragement. <laughs> Poured out above your head. You're not gonna be dead because of what Jesus said. Yeah. <laughs> He's madly in love with you. He's gonna finish what he started, even if you're completely retarded. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for times of living water dominion. Times of refreshment have come from the Lord in Zion. Ezekiel says, I will send down showers in season. There shall be showers of blessings, says the Lord. You know, it's fun reading the prophets. You get to say, says the Lord, like 200,000 times. Makes you feel real special. Because it is really special. That's what the Lord is saying, says the Lord. Now the issue is, who is this Lord? You gotta get to know him. You know who the Lord is? He is the Lord of Spirits. This weekend, pressing into Enoch, the second book, the Holy Spirit was introducing himself to me. I've read this book a hundred times as the Lord of Spirits. I honestly thought the Lord of Spirits was Jesus. Jesus isn't the Lord of Spirits. Jesus is the Son of Man in the book of Enoch. The Holy Ghost is the Lord of Spirits in the book of Enoch. I didn't know him as the Lord of Spirits. I knew him as the Spirit of Glory. I knew him as the Shekinah. I knew him as the Spirit of Truth. But knowing the Spirit more deeply, more accurately, as the seven spirits of God and the Lord of spirits is this path of Enoch that we're on. You know what the path of Enoch is? I'll tell you what it's not. It's not sorrowful. There ain't a drop of sadness on it. Anyone that's still crying is not flying. It has an appearance of holiness and God bless their zeal and their seriousness, but it's not the path of Enoch and it's not the path that God has laid out for this generation. The path of Enoch is simply the perfecting of joy. 
You know, Enoch began to walk with Jesus and knew him as the Son of Man. The same description of revelation John on Patmos is in the book of Enoch. He saw the Son of Man. He saw his white woolly hair. He saw him as the angel of the Lord. He saw him as the Lord of hosts. He saw him, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, and he knew him. And the one thing about Enoch that we glean from the Final Quest series is that he's the happiest person in heaven. Simply, he had his joy perfected. You know, Jesus Christ said, I've come that your joy would be complete and your joy would be overflowing. That's the living water. The living water and those that are actually drinking it and actually in the river are going from joy to joy, happy to happier. So we need to just look at our walk and see, are we going from joy to joy in the living water? Is the living water rising in my personality and glorifying me in the joy that was prepared for him? In the joy set before him that is set before me now because I'm in him? Is my joy intensifying as I drink the living water through my soul? <laughs> Finishing what he started is having your joy perfected. Joy is not just, oh, he's happy. It's not just horse tranquilizers for the uh, supernatural spiritual angelic surgery. Joy is the evidence that you are ascending to God. Joy is the evidence that you have any of the spiritual strength of God working in your spirit. Not a joy that can be moved by external things. Not a joy that can be manipulated by the world. An unshakable, unbreakable joy of Christ in you, in your spirit, that can't be killed a second time. Real joy. It's called the wine. The bloodline. That makes you shine. When everyone's sad, you're glad. The kind of glory that makes you laugh at the dead and at people's funerals where you're completely inappropriate all the time. People be crying around me, sad, miserable, thinking I'm laughing at them. No, I'm just defending myself from your demons. And you got a lot of them. You're around the realm of the dead. What keeps them dead? Demons, 100% of the time. You know what the armor of God is from the demonic? Joy. Nothing else. Don't think anything else will protect you when you're laughing, they're crying. The more you laugh, the more they'll want to get further and further away from you. Because you're not taking your walk with God seriously, but joy, C.S. Lewis, is the serious business of heaven. You gotta take the joy seriously. You ain't gonna make it, you ain't gonna ascend without making joy the most important thing in your life. Joy is not optional for ascension. I've come that your joy would be perfect, Jesus said. And you can Google that verse. Just make sure you get it tattooed on your spirit. Joy perfected and joy overflowing. You know, get your joy perfected in a terrible situation. Last night I was singing spontaneous songs of the Spirit, encouraging your, yourselves, singing songs, hymns, and spiritual psalms as it is written. I was doing it. <laughs> Little songbird Jesus flowing out of me, chirp, chirp, chirp. And I had a vision while I was singing a spiritual psalm. And I saw Paul and Silas in prison, in the terrible part of the prison. 
basically in the sewers. And there was so much joy in the worst, most terrible situation, the, the worst, most god-awful smells around murderers, you know, and you're just a saint, but you're there with the murderers. You're counted amongst the sinners as Jesus Christ was. And you're singing songs of joy so triumphantly in that situation that it was such a contrast to the external environment that it caused an earthquake. You know what the breaker anointing is? Walking in joy in the midst of sorrow. Where the natural realm is sad and pitiful, but your internal realm is raised from the dead and you've told your face about it. And your face is in agreement singing spiritual songs from the realm of the living while you're surrounded with the realm of the dead. And the dead gets shaken, baking and quaking. The jails get broken while you're smoking and token. The jailer took his sword to kill himself. You can imagine how drunk Paul and Silas were. I saw them in the vision. They were happy, laughing uncontrollably as they were singing spiritual songs. You know what singing a spiritual song is? Hint, hint. It is kumbaya. Kumbaya is as spiritual as you get. That's literally high praise. You can't sing kumbaya and not get high in the glory. Because it's so freaking ridiculous. You get out of your mind, out of the religious spirit of conforming to some external religious image of how it has to look. And you just set your brain free by the shocking liberty of the glory. You gotta set yourself free. You know, they broke themselves out of jail. They did by singing from their spirit. A spiritual song is their spirit singing. When was the last time your spirit sang? Right now. Kumbaya, my lord. Oh, buddy. About to break the doors off your room right now. Be careful if you're driving down the highway. You might just lift off the ground like a hover car. Woo! Chariot of fire. And I saw the chariots of the spirit. And I was translated by my spirit into heaven. And I saw the Son of Man, who rules by the Lord of Spirits. You're gonna go up in a chariot of fire. You're gonna go up and go higher. And it is gonna be a path of joy. And you're gonna get your natural man drunk. You gotta convince your brain that your spirit's right. Your brain doesn't believe any of this stuff. I've been in ministry almost, what, 23 years, 21 years, something like that. I don't even remember right now, I'm so high. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And it's been a good time in the new one. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you guys, you have to let your brain know that we're in charge in this body now. The brain is blind. It's the blind leading the blind is what Jesus called carnal-minded, brain-led Christians. Reasonable garbage. Mental ascension, which is sorcery. The whole book of Enoch is about the destruction of sorcery. I tell you the truth, the reason why this is an Enoch generation is because this is the most Christian sorcery of all time. The climax of the ages is Christian sorcery. You want to blame the occult? You know what occult is? 
Christian sorcery. You know what the highest level of sorcery in this earth is? Practicing the covenant religion out of the soul and the mind with an external Jesus, pretending to be Jesus, but it's an angel of light. Most people do it in ignorance, nevertheless, it's still sorcery. You need to be God inside minded like Enoch and your life depends on it. The only way to grow in joy is to know him within. Jesus Christ said everything else is iniquity. What's iniquity? Sorcery. Who practiced sorcery? If you read the Gospels, the only ones practicing sorcery were the covenant believers in God that were doing the works. The only ones in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that were attributed to sorcery, which is why the floods of Noah came, days of Noah, you're in them right now, the days of Noah, are those that are practicing sorcery, practicing iniquity, and you're going to practice righteousness. Noah, a preacher of righteousness, raised a standard and drowned the world. First, you got to drown your own brain. Get your brain convinced, which has drowned your mind and live in water. You know what the grace of the Lord Jesus is? Living water. Nothing else. The Spirit and the Bride say, come and drink what? Well, how do you get saved? You drink grace. The river of life is the only place to salvation from Matthew to Revelation, and it's only imparted by drinking, zero thinking. Thinking is the sorcery you're overcoming and the temptation of the evil one after you're born of water. John 3, you're only saved if you're born of water. How do you lose your salvation? Hebrews says that you're worse off afterwards if you go out of the water. Better off having never come to a knowledge of the truth and know it, and then come out of the water. Which means your salvation's about thinking and no longer about drinking, which means your brain took over. Galatians bewitchment, Galatians 3, having begun in the water, trying to finish in the dry place. Spirit versus flesh. The more you get into the Word of God and get marinated on the sword of the Spirit, and the sword of the Lord was before His face, judging the reprobates. That's what I see Joel's bar is. <laughs> you know what's reprobate? Soulish carnality and sorcery, which is getting cut off of all of us at a DNA level. At a DNA level. And it's a beautiful thing. That's how you leave a spiritual meeting where the joy of the Lord's real strong. The wine of the bloodline of Jesus Christ is like a glory cloud in this place. And your eyes are brighter and colors are more colorful when you leave. Because you're getting glorified in your personality. You're getting filled with living water. You are baptizing nations. You got to start with your nations. How many nations? Your nations? All nations. All nations, tribes, and tongues right inside that body. You go back far enough, there's only one nation. The nation of God. You're in the nation of Adam. Amen? Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> I just threw that in there so you'd laugh. A good, glorious Christian gay joke. So you can just chill out out there in Jesus' name. You can always laugh at the gays. I tell you what, you're going to get gay too. You're going to get free from criticism, judgmentalism, and learn to love unconditionally. Not in a tolerance of the homosexual demon. Not in a tolerance of the lust demon. 
the pride demon or any demon. You, the holiness of God be so strong and you hate demons, but you'll burn them out in a radius so you can love the animal, which is the soul, the brain of the person that has all the senses in it, that chooses Jesus or not, and you can actually give the animal a drink. The living water is going to pour out of the water temple of your body from out of your belly flows rivers of living water. But of this he spoke of salvation for those who believe. And it's going to go right into their senses. And it's going to give you incredible favor. Jesus grew in favor with just some men. Not what the Bible says. Luke says, Jesus grew in favor with all. Why? Because he was the atmosphere of everything that has breath. Psalms 149, welcome to the sovereignty of the living waters. For the knowledge of the glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You're not coming into yes or no Christianity, you're coming into sovereignty. The manifestation of the sons of God is a sovereignty doesn't mean everyone's saved. It just means you're ruling over saved and unsaved. It just means you're ruling over all flesh. The Bible calls that taken dominion. A people who have taken dominion over the natural realm. What was the purpose of creating man in the beginning by the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Let us create them in our image and let us give them dominion. It is written in Genesis. The dominion is the rulership of the Spirit in all joy, in all love, in all God's divine nature, which is the name of Jesus written on your forehead when you've taken dominion over the natural man and your spirit man is built up with the word of condemnation. I'm, I'm better than you. No, the word of grace. What's the word of grace? I didn't do anything to deserve all this living water that saves me constantly from the Father and the Lamb's throne. It flows through me because I believe. What is believing and being saved and growing in the light of salvation? It's growing in grace, a measurable liquid substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is the liquid grace, the liquid glory rising in your hearts as a measurable substance of how much you currently believe in God, which is rely on the living waters. Are the living waters in your marketplace? Are you following the streams of life? The course of life is the stream of life marked out from the beginning from God the Father. I have written all your works in the pages of my books before you've done even one. Psalms 139, it is written, which is flowing in the living waters and not the dry place. <laughs> not the dry place. <laughs> no Egyptian sorcery. You can practice Christianity in the dry place and think you're okay. That's what the external bewitchment is. That's why it's so evil. It's because you can practice a form of godliness that denies what's power thereof. The water. Denies the water. I don't need the living water. I don't need to drink. I got good teaching in my brain, but you're the most lost person in the whole region. The believer who's carnal is the most lost person, is more lost than the unbeliever who's not carnal, who's not religiously minded. You know, you can get more lost than you were before you were saved if you get bewitched. Jude calls it twice dead. You got born again and then you died again. The Bible calls it twice dead. There's a lot of people that get carnal after they get spiritual. 
You ask Jesus, a life-giving spirit second Adam into your heart, and you're born of what? Spirit. Can you imagine going back into carnality, which is reasoning of the five natural senses using the brain to lead your life? That's the definition of being lost. You gotta get out of your mind in the wine. And what separates the soul and mind from the spirit? <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 tells you the word of God. What kind of word? The water of the word. Growing in grace. If the water's rising in your spirit, you don't even identify with your soul anymore. That's what losing your life and finding it actually is. When you find the living waters rising in your heart, that's when you've lost your soul to find his spirit within you. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory, the hope of you understanding how you get saved, say, stay saved, and save others into the water kingdom. Spirit and the bride say, come and drink living water, which means salvation's only in a liquid state where your brain's not in control. At any time your brain's in control, you lose salvation, at least for parts of your soul, and open yourself up to the dry place of the serpents of Egypt in the sands of time. And you go into the imprisonment of the fallen angels because you're not in the glorious freedom of the Son of God. So it's for freedom that He sets you free. And Him who the Son sets free is free partially. Just a little. Just a little. Indeed. If you stay in the water that you're born again of, you stay free your entire life of perfected liberty. But then some old religious spirit come around with do's and don'ts and a big stick of what you got to do. You know what you do? You get into the prophetic and you attack back. We're not silent before our shearers. What did the apostles do in Acts? You're the ones that killed Jesus. That's what they said. You're trying to make us guilty of this man's blood. The Bible says you already are. You are. If you get in the religious spirit, you're guilty of murdering Jesus. And all the murder of Jesus, the killing of the king of the Jews, 33rd degree sorcery, Scottish rite, highest level of Christian sorcery. It's a Christian organization, guys. It's a church organization. One out of three pastors in the U.S., even Pentecostals, is a member of that secret society. So let me tell you, it's the training of religion. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you can be charismatic and be a witch. That's what Jezebel is. So a lot of people don't even understand how to overcome Jezebel. They get right into it. They think Jezebel is Jesus. That woman who calls herself a prophetess and it's not talking about the lust spirit. That's obvious. That's a lust spirit. You know, Jezebel in the Old Testament, there's no mention of sexual morality. Not once. In Kings with Elijah and Elijah not one mention of sexual morality in the Old Testament in the New Testament it says you're intimate with her on that sick bed but in the Old Testament no mention of sexual morality we like to pin people up as Jezebels when they wear yoga pants or something but the Bible actually teaches that your chief arch nemesis is a sorcery spirit all she practiced was the covenant religion in a way where the soul was in control and the spirit of God was not that's the only thing that they did that's what the false prophetic is 
You know what the false prophetic is? Prophesying your own ideas. The mouthpiece of the beast. The voice of the beast. Men's ideas. Political ideas. You are hearing Jezebel through most immature prophets that have huge ministries right now the last several years. We think we're mature in the prophetic. We're not. We are in infancy globally on planet Earth in the prophetic. And we need a real shaking. To get mature in the prophetic means that the soul no longer speaks. But you have to be fully God inside minded, which is unknown. Unknown should be truly dependent on the water inside your spirit and no part of the soul or the mind for the voice of many waters is the voice of the spirit of prophecy. And to get to that place, there has to be a full division of the natural part of you and the liquid part of you. Because where does the water flow from? The liquid spiritual part of you. Your spirit, which the Bible calls angel, your angel of your spirit releases the waters of the days of Noah, which means I'm going to have a spiritual people that know their spirit and the substance released from their spirit be so great, effortless revival. <laughs> effortless. There'll be no boasting before God, it is written. Which means once you get into that condition that God created and fathers and holds together by his word without your attempts to hold it together, the reason why people fall constantly is because they're trying to be good. You can't be good. The spirit is our goodness and you have to know him within your spirit as the waters in order to maintain his goodness by grace. It's called practicing grace, which is known in scripture as practicing righteousness. The righteousness of God in Christ is imparted by faith alone, which is the waters coming out of the new creature in Christ. The evidence that a person's walking in the spirit as spirit is that waters of joy from the Garden of Eden, which is a place of perfected freedom, perfected purity, and perfected joy and unconditional love towards animals, unbelievers, is pouring out of their spirit in all directions. It's also a place where you're unoffendable. You can't be undefendable if your spirit has conquered your brain because you're whacked in living waters. So a lot of the pride, a lot of the carnality and the sorcery is being exposed at a DNA level because God wants to uncover by the word so that you can be covered by the living water, which is being fully protected in the day of the Lord. To put on the full armor of God is to pull on the liquid glory of God, which means you take no credit in the natural realm. You're literally looking at the liquid glory of the liquid realm. Liquid realm versus dirt realm. Dry place versus River place. <laughs> River place is not a place that you go with your dry place. It's the place that you already are as a spirit being that you release as you conquer your bewitched brains. <laughs> the brain says, oh, I got to get into the water. And it's like this: the flesh is always trying to save itself. Whereas the spirit was given a water nature at birth. 
You see how the soul wars against the spirit. Legalism, which is the nature of the Antichrist that everyone overcomes. Overcoming the devil is just overcoming the legalism of the self-effort of your own soul into the effortlessness of God's new design in the new creature that is the grace of the Lord Jesus that you grow in by realizing the glory that he imparted at birth. <laughs> that you can't add to it, but you can get drunk on it. Which is simply naturally supernatural. It's natural to be spiritual because you're born spirit. And so the word gets you into that effortless flow of always being in the glow of the glory. And so it's the value of the natural man as zero. So when people are just constantly needing to know all these questions, I'm not so sure, you can tell that their brain is in charge of their life. They're practicing sorcery. They're practicing witchcraft. And you're going to deal with it every day until the natural realm is completely conquered by spiritual, angelic, mature sons of God that have just watered everything. The Bible says they'll all know the Lord, which means they're all going to know the living water. It means that the living water, the mind of Christ, will have conquered the carnal mind that wars against the spirit. The Christian civil war the pinnacle and climax of the ages is Romans 8, the carnal mind versus the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ is river control. <laughs> carnal mind is everything else, which is the whole group of believers of the book of Revelation that have not yet lost control in their souls to knowing the new creature of the living water of their spirit. It's the gradual rise of the spirit within. And that spirit is maintained by who Jesus is and simply believing his word inside your spirit. And it manifests an invisible substance called the Shekinah glory through the soul that renews your mind to yield to your spirit. And I'll write a new name on your forehead. What's the name? The name of Jesus Christ. A renewed mind, a person's brain that has realized their spirit is full of Jesus Christ. Full of God, God inside, minded for real. That's an overcomer. That person is on Enoch's path. We got to get every believer on Enoch's path. This isn't for just super mystics. This is basic Jesus Christ discipleship. And everyone is to walk the path of Enoch. The new covenant is the path of Enoch. It's going from glory to glory. Joy to joy. Becoming the happiest people on the face of the earth by knowing their God in their spirit. Your spirit is attached to the Garden of Eden. How do you think you're going to look and act if you're in the Garden of Eden? I think you'd be pretty happy. That's why we got to convince our brain that it's real in our spirit because the brain is what separates the soul and the emotion center from experiencing the victories of Jesus imparted into our spirit by grace. So it's the practicing of trying and effort here. Even a type of obedience. Now we love obedience, but obedience is, what is obedience? First John says, believing in the one God sent. Is obedience a list of to-dos? No. Obedience is faith in the materialization of light and the incineration of mental ascension of the to-do list. 
who's the to-do list? The waters, the angels are the workers at the end of, end of the age, it is written. We're at war against religion a lot more than you know. A lot more than you know. And it is an internal battle. You conquer your own soul, you conquer the red dragon. Zero hypocrisy. Always putting on others what they need to do to be better. That's when a person's controlled by the devil. When it's always someone else's fault. When if that person would have prayed more, they wouldn't have died of cancer. If this person wouldn't have done that, it's always someone else. Instead of the agape of the Lamb of God, of me going to my own personal cross and giving everyone a drink. That's the sign someone's Christianity is sorcery. It's when it's always someone else's fault and I can't take my cross up to a greater release of the Lamb of God's nature to be a personal outpouring of living water. The Bible says that one man raised the standard and gave everyone a drink. Be that one man. That's the one new man of the new covenant. The one that fully crucifies themselves for the benefit of others while they're still incapable of understanding or thanking you for it. I don't think anyone was thanking Jesus for dying on the cross. They were all mocking him, hurling insults. Yet there he is taking away the sins of the world. That's how you got to be when you grow in the glory. The nature of Christ is walking in liquid light while the brain comprehends none of it, in fact, is hostile to it. Your own mind will deceive you and be hostile to your spiritual increases while you're young in the Lord. That's why you need to fast. You know, fasting just shuts down the brain and the flesh to just shut up. You got to get your flesh to shut up. Your brain will lead you in the wide path of destruction if you let it lead your life. Your friends and family, Book of Job, will destroy the course of destiny that God's prescribed for you. It's a water course. You can't listen to external things. You have to listen to people who are spiritually controlled in their mind by wisdom, who have consistently killed their beasts. You need to go to the mature. Where did David go? He went to the mature. Where do the people in the Bible go? They went to the mature. Where did Paul go after he was saved? to the mature, to those who were apostles before me. It is written, the New Covenant and the Old Testament, every single part of the Bible, you always rally amongst those that are walking in the Spirit, deeply in the Spirit, consistently with the fruit. We don't do that in Christianity because of potent sorcery. We don't do that in Christianity because of Jezebel. We go out there and do our own thing and think we're right in our own eyes and we don't have any consequences because the fallen angels like it like that and that's how they control Christians. We need to bring judgment of living water upon dry place so that everyone can know and see the measurements of the liquid light of the spirit of the angel of the new creature as a demonstration of maturity. Then we'll have unity of the brethren, but when you have a hundred thousand people all right in their own mind and it's all based on the dry place of the human intellect, well just forget it, you'll never have any leadership and just be a ragtag army. And that's how it was in the days of David and his mighty men. It was a ragtag army, and it was just a, a small group of people, renegades outside Israel, running from the king of Israel, running from Saul, doing what's right by the Holy Spirit and not by the religious mind. And that's what it's like in these days. You have to get outside the charismatic brain into the living water, and they'll think you're insane. Guaranteed they'll call you a heretic. Most of these leaders, God bless them, and I believe there's hope for everyone while there's still breath, but most of the leaders of the charismatic church don't understand the path. 
Don't understand joy to joy. Joy strength to strength in the joy, in the anointing, in the oil. How the oil rises within. They don't understand the plumbing of the new covenant. We have terrible, terrible leadership in the body of Christ. Terrible. The path is not plain before the people of how to mature in Christ to ascend in joy as strength as angels. That's like fringe. You say that kind of stuff around these people, they'll just gnash their teeth. They'll think you're crazy. That's that wild that's heres heresy. No, that is the children of the resurrection shall ascend as the angels. Luke chapter 20. You are in that generation. This is not readily taught. It's readily fought. It's considered fringe. You know what's not? Brain-controlled charismatic religion, which is Jezebel ruling the American church right now, and you're in it. And few have come out of her, my people. Rick Joyner's The Final Quest, the last one that came out, The Path, says, Our last and final enemy is with Jezebel. She is the woman of revelation that needs to be drowned in living water, which means only in the knowledge of the glory of the living water in the God inside mindedness will you ever overcome your last enemy. We're not dying under Jezebel occupation in the sorceries of soulish Christianity. We're not dying in technon immaturity. Even if there only be a remnant that develop their spirit and God inside mindedness, we will take this thing down as a champion team. We will. That's the path we've chosen and we're predestined for ordained to do it. And we don't have anything else from God to do. We're going to do it. The issue is, are the people going to do it with the champions? Mostly not. You're going to have to thoroughly drown this thing and be the enemy of the people for the while until that influence in their mind is gone, and then you'll be celebrated as champions as David was. David was not celebrated as a champion. He was in exile. He was a troublemaker outside the synagogue structure in Israel. He was outside the temple. He wasn't allowed in the temple. Saul was ruling the whole nation. He was the legalistic king. Everyone knew he was chosen. But then the rumors started to spread that someone else was chosen. You know what that means? The soul chosen, which is, gets established first, first in the natural, deceives the whole nation, and then an understanding, a progressive revelation that spirit, man after God's own heart, heart is spirit. David is chosen. Spirit is chosen. We all start out thinking soul is chosen. That's why you were immature and foolish at the first even Paul says that Galatians 4, at first I preached you in the infirmity of the flesh. I was foolish at the first. Later on, I got into my spirit and brought to you the wisdom of the ages. We all go from soul to spirit. We all go from Saul to David. Amen? And so wisdom accelerates that process in all your lives. We all go from external soulish church, thinking that's the way, and being thoroughly convinced to being just, I don't understand why I'm being persecuted here, why I'm pressing in. Because the, the demons can see your spiritual development that if you keep growing, you might lead a mass exodus into the kind of spirituality that will restore the messianic kingdom and dissolve the seven mountains. That's what they're afraid of, that you would get so spiritual that you're earthly good. That your spirit would release enough water that you can't practice churchianity anymore. Even the good stuff that you go to and bring your families to on Sundays and you justify it because you think that's Christianity. Because you're totally caught up in culture. But the Bible says you must dash the nations to pieces like pottery. Part of the assignment of, cult uh, of the water is to demolish culture. 
charismatic culture is Jezebel. It's not even an issue. Charismatic culture is completely and totally. You know what kingdom culture is? Church-free zone. That's biblical. Kingdom culture is a mountaintop of living water, is a mountaintop with the Father where there's no shelter except the glory of the Father. That's the walls of the New Jerusalem. It's Mount Hermon, but it's Mount Zion. It's going up the mountain, Peter, James, and John, which means only a select few go up. Which few? The ones that come out of the valley forms and shadows. That's the remnant. That is the bride of Christ. The ones that are married to Christ are the ones that come out of the shadows and the types of practicing it down in the earth, and they go up into the heavenly internally, but they're still on the earth, but it's a different elevation, so we're not practicing sorcery. That's what the demolishment of sorcery is, is practicing spirituality on the inside that Jesus practiced. Those that walk as Jesus walked will have the same results, which means he'll get, he got kicked out of all the churches, first day of ministry, read the Bible. He's at the synagogue in Nazareth, his home church, and they brought them, brought him to the edge of the cliff to throw him off. And it's not about just starting a renegade church and now we're alternative and we listen to rock music or rap music or metal music and it's like we're really we're really doing the cutting edge thing. It's an elevation of the inner man ascending into the angelic sphere and who cares what it looks like on the outside. It's gonna I mean you your brain does not know. You don't even have a grid for it. You'll hold on to symbols as you go up because it's like, I have nothing to hold on to here. It's just, I'm being liquefied. You're in a blender. Elijah's whirlwind is your whole culture. Everything you've ever known is getting blended into an ancient culture that you'd know nothing about, but you're experiencing and it's terrorizing you. Why do you think they killed the prophets? They were being sucked out of the earthly into the heavenly through their words. They were blending their culture. They were destroying their earthly cultures. We got an earthly culture and it's got to get blended. We need whirlwinds, cyclones, hurricanes, tsunamis, weather systems, days of Noah with lo lots of wind, lots of rain, lots of water, whirlwinds and cyclones, all that stuff going on by our spirit. If the spirit's doing it, no holds bar. If the soul's doing it, it's all wickedness. It's all magic arts. Practicing Christianity of the soul is the very definition of the magic arts. So you're all coming out of magic. Guaranteed. Now you're going to come into righteousness, which is the complete annihilation of magic. Jennies and Jambres, magicians. Timothy says, that's what you're being deceived by. Paul's telling Timothy, his young disciple, who's an apostle like him, that the problem that you're facing, why these people are getting messed up and not being able to grow spiritually, is you're facing the magic arts of Jannies and Jambres. What, was, what were they facing? Religion! That's it. Religion that would pull them out of the development of their spirit and the pleasures of the Father. You notice Jezebel only attacks one thing. The ever-increasing pleasure of your spirit. Because that's what heaven is. That's what takes out this final principality, is that at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. The pleasures of your financial prosperity. All the different things that bring enjoyment to your life or under attack of the enemy because you're getting into glory pleasure that's called the garden of eden the garden of eden is the place where you're completely satisfied thrilled and excited on the holy spirit and you don't need the demonic for anything else that's the total sacking 
of the fallen angels. They want you dependent on them in some area of your life, eating from that tree, giving them legal right to be in this universe. But if you get completely pleasured in God's kingdom, you will raise the standard and judge them. And that's what we're doing. That's why practicing the ecstasies of God is the high standard of the judgment of the days of Noah. Those who begin to practice ecstasy and get ecstatic and get pleasured in all their soul, satisfied on the Holy Ghost as if he's more than enough to totally glorify and fulfill every part of your heart and soul and mind and bones and marrow and your house and your city and your nation and it's real and it's working. That's the perfecting of your faith which is the total annihilation of prophecy. Why? Because all prophecy fulfilled. Because you're in the perfected fulfillment of the word when you grow at God's right hand and pleasures forevermore. You're bringing forevermore, which is the kingdom of heaven on earth, the more and more you enjoy God and get fulfilled. And that's why the enemy is attacking your pleasures. Notice how Jezebel attacks. Learn from the external attack. No matter what you go through, the trials, Daniel 12, 10, are the evidence that you're being discipled by God. And those that don't have trials don't belong to God. Daniel 12, 10, it is written. The trials are what causes your spirit to grow in intelligence as you face the enemy kingdom externally. Understanding, what the heck is this response? It seems like a foreign response. Why are these areas constantly attacked? Financial breakthrough, blessings, you know, easier work with more pay, you know, fun with God, fun with your children. All of the enjoyment of heaven and earth is what these principalities and all their millions of soldier demons are fighting against. And they know the spiritual people that are going after it. They'll leave a lot of people alone because they know they're irrelevant for advancing the kingdom. That's why you need Daniel 12.10 right now, which is understanding those who get perfected through the trials, which is the development of spiritual intelligence while facing external things. Now, some people just get demolished through the trials and the demon wins. But the Bible says if you are spiritual and you're clinging to Christ in your spirit through the trials, you get refined. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Amplify classic. Daniel 12. Let's read the whole thing because it's so good. <laughs> and at that time of the end, Michael shall arise the great angelic prince who defends and has charge over your Daniel's people. And there shall be a time of trouble, straightness, distress, such as never was since there was a nation till that time. <laughs> But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be written in the book of God's plan for his own, the book of life. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. The awakening of your spirit. Dust is soulishness, which is being good in the realm of the natural by doing junk, doing stuff. <laughs> some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt and abhorrence. And the tilt and the teachers and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, which is the sky. And those who turn many to righteousness, which is practicing the glory of their spirit, the new creature in Christ to uprightness and right standing with God shall give forth light like the stars forever and ever. Second Peter 119 practicing the bright morning star through your spirit, the full realization of the glory. But you, Daniel 
shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Then many shall run to and fro and search anxiously through the book. And knowledge of God's purposes as revealed by his prophets shall be increased and become great. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two others, the one on the brink of the river, on this side, and the other on the brink of the river, on that side. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right and his left hand toward the heavens and swore by him who lives forever and it shall be for a time times and half a time or three and one half years and when they have made an end of shattering and crushing the power of the holy people all these things shall be finished notice the exact length of Jesus's ministry <laughs> three and a half years the Bible says was the exact length of the ministry of the Messiah. And I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the issue and the final end of these things? And he, the angel, said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed to the time of the end. Right now. Many shall purify themselves. Just say, that's me. That's me. Yeah, that's you. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white. You make yourself white by choosing to be sanctified. It's a choice. You choose. It's not something that automatically happens to every believer. You make yourself white, the Bible says. And you're tried, smelted, refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, which means they won't be spiritual. Spirit of understanding ain't hitting their brain. They're going from Nebuchadnezzar to Nebuchadnezzar, which is never understanding, because they choose not to yield intelligence from brain to spirit. That's why the wicked will never understand for eternity. But the teachers and those who are wise shall understand. Blessed, happy, fortunate, spiritually prosperous and to be envied is he who waits expectantly and earnestly who endures without wavering beyond the period of tribulation you know tribulation means pressure that's how you get the oil in the wine you don't harm the oil in the wine because you harm the soul and the mind to get the oil in the wine the oil in the wine is Christ that can't be killed a second time the only reason why it says do not harm is because it can't be harmed. It's the very manifest substance of Jesus Christ on earth. But you know what's getting harmed? Our pride. And there's so much to harm, it's just open hunting season on pride. You know, you string your pride up on the cross, get a little oil flowing, a little wine flowing. It'll irritate everyone around you. Everyone around you get offended. Self-consciousness is pure pride. You can never be too anti-pride. You know, when you're anti-pride, which is hating wickedness and loving righteousness, 
That is where you get the oil of joy beyond your fellow companions, which is an excitement to crucify Satan's pride in the soul and in the mind, which when we're young in the glory, we don't really understand. Again, going back to the final quest series, it says, once you enter the glory, the hardest demon to see is the demon of pride. It gets 100% everyone that goes into the glory. Because they think, oh, I've arrived now, I'm in the glory. And you, you know, it's like having that full armor on and be like, I'm so spiritually fit, no sin can take me out. And an arrow goes right through the tiny slit of their eye and it's an arrow of pride. And the whole interior of the armor gets filled with Satan. And you begin to identify, man, I'm just, my ego is still there. I haven't thoroughly crucified my soul to the point of only being Christ aware. Self-consciousness is the evidence that there's still much pride in you. If you are aware of your soul, that means God's soul hasn't yet conquered you within. How does God's conquer? It's the water. Living water is the conquering of God. The conquering of your soul is the drowning of the woman of Revelation. She went down into the water. This hasn't happened to almost all Christians on the planet yet, guys. That's the great awakening of the end times and never-ending revival is when the soul of the believers is totally underwater to the spirit. And it's going to happen. And we're going to bring it. As a Noah company, this is Noah company. Prophets have been telling us this for 15 years. This company is Noah company. We bring the rising of the waters. We are predestined foreordained to raise a standard and drown the world. And it's not so much of an intelligence in such a gospel that's so easily watched on YouTube. It's an irritation to the existence of religious soulishness. It is the exact enemy of Christianity as you knew it. That's why people that come around that have been in the prophetic still struggle with the constant temptation to betray us and are barely holding on because everything you've taught in your soul fights the development of the spiritual floodwaters of the angel's ability, which is the overcoming of death. You know, when you start to really sacrifice for a spiritual intelligence, you are directly facing the last curse. This is why so few can do this work. And you have to have an understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it and why there is so much opposition to it. You are facing the entire fall and the seal of the fall. This is the seal. Open the seven seals in your own soul. Drown your own soul and conquer death. When you do it, how many of y'all know, you open it up for everyone. Every revival there's ever been was a very small group of people that pressed into something that was not tolerated in that generation of Christianity. It, it was always something forbidden. Like, that's illegal. You can't compare God to drugs. You can't be high and drunk all the time. I tell you what, you press into the pleasures of God, you will destroy religion. Yes, it'll be sloppy. There will be people that will get soulish. They'll get drunk on all kinds of other wines of demons. You have to, but you can't throw out the, the baby with the bathwater. You have to keep persevering. There's a reason why it's called pioneering. The, nath, the path is narrow and it's completely filled with snakes, which means the snakes will corrupt anything you try to do for spiritual advancement of God's kingdom. 
but you keep doing it anyway, no matter how misunderstood. That's why misunderstanding is the price for the anointing. The more you're misunderstood pioneering for spiritual development, it's the more long-term investment for souls you're actually making. That's the investment. How much misunderstanding, like Joseph, can you handle and still stay alive and not completely lose heart? That'll be your harvest. That'll be what God entrusted you with in the invisible realm because you are facing the natural realm, the visible realm, the realm of deception, the realm of friends and family. Remember Job, everyone goes through Job. You will face that every time you pioneer in eternal dimensions. How much can you take? And it's not about stirring up trouble, it's about stirring up living water. And it has to be stirred up in your belly. It has to get so real. The peace that passes understanding is a person whose mind is baptized in the waters within. Can you pass your understanding constantly? Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your paths. What kind of paths are they? Staying in the river. Notice the wicked don't have understanding. The path of understanding is the path of the water. They have no knowledge of the drinking. And so why is it Gideon's 300? Because the knowledge of the drinking is not the main course in Christianity. We still have much intellectual mental ascension, which is pure sorcery and fallen angel involvement in the charismatic church. We need a pure living water, the knowledge of the glories, the knowledge of the living water in the water temple. We got all kinds of ideas out here and it's mostly external discipline with good intentions. And you can point the finger. The issue is if you have the revelation, you're accountable for it. You can watch on YouTube and be critical of every other prophet in the world, but if the prophet has the revelation, they're only accountable for what God has given them. Amen. And prophets are iron sharpening iron. We know what iron refers to? Sword. But you're not doing it in a condemning way. You're doing it up as stirring up the troops. You go in as a commander and you, you hit everyone's sword. And you wake them up. You waken their spirit to be a spiritual soldier. It's, it's a big difference because you still attack. But you attack out of love to stir up their spirit that's a soldier. The Shulamite warlord, she thought she was just some kind of black dead thing some kind of prostitute black and dead but lovely so god just barely likes me enough to save me in song of solomon 8 she's a warlord in the hebrew it says shulamite warlord she's gonna wear the same boots of burnished bronze as the commander-in-chief Jesus Christ, she'll have the same battle regalia of the Ancient of Days, sharing in the same seven torches, walking amongst the same seven golden lampstands with the same wisdom as Jesus. And all the folly of the fallen angels that's telling you lies will be so burnt out of her head, all she'll be is the resurrection from the dead. <laughs> what is the bride that says, come and drink? She is the resurrection and the life. And if you've seen her, you've seen the Father. There won't be a lesser version of God on display. She'll be the outreign brilliance of the light being. She will make day with her sword. And this is the soul completely whacked smacked and slapped by the spirit where the soul no longer has priority consciousness of self is so long gone that's what maturity is the waters become your consciousness you have lifted up the ancient gates for the king of glory to come out who is the king of glory 
<laughs> the one who makes war where? Against Jezebel, the sole dimension of the covenant religion and the covenant's religion prophetics and spiritual knowledge. That is where the most heated, raging battles of the fallen angels are in the universe. It's in the pioneering of the spirit and the waters in these higher realms of spirituality and mysticism and opening these doors. And it's not going to take a real ma mature intellectual people. It'll take little children to open these doors. Some of these doors are so small, you got to be like Alice in Wonderland and drink the potion and get so small that you walk through it like the ant. Consider the ants. Humility. An ant just does the work through tiny little holes and builds great ant farms and works for the collective, which is the kingdom of heaven, for the queen which is the bride of Christ, not Jezebel. <laughs> oh, yeah. The queen is the bride. The queen is the collective of the body, the body of all believers, and it is a she and a woman who's made herself ready in Revelation, which refers to the soul fully sanctified and purified by the waters of life. This is a soul glistening and sparkling from the same quality of water that flows from the throne of the Lamb. You only ascend through knowledge of the water. That's how your joy is made perfect and your joy, what? Overflows. Overflows a reference to some kind of liquid. So it's a liquid understanding. What is understanding in Daniel 12.10? Understanding the water. Understanding the river. How many times is river in the Lord over the river and the Lord over the waters and the trees on both sides of the river? Revela Revelation? Yeah, tree of life. Also, Daniel because it's for this generation, for a far off and remote generation, for when all the wicked are to be removed. It's for a people at the climax of the ages who have the spiritual intelligence of the Lord of Spirits as the Holy Ghost. And Lord of Spirits means the dominion of the kingdom. You are one of the spirits of the Lord. You are a spirit and he is Lord. He's the Lord of Spirits. This is your friendship with the Holy Ghost. This is your friendship and your intimate knowledge with the living water. The living water is the Lord of Spirits. And the one looking like the Son of Man is the throne over the waters. The waters must cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, which means growing in the glory by sacrificing you and me as a burnt offering, actually as a drowning fish. If it causes me to stumble, tie a millstone around the neck. Where do we cast it, Jesus? Into the water. Into the sea. Because the problem is dryness. Intelligence and knowledge without water is the problem. All of it to be drowned. Amen. We thank you, Jesus, for a liquid people. A people that will become a blender of glory. A cyclone. A hurricane. A tsunami. A whirlpool. <laughs> First thing to go, your ability to be offended because your brain is in a whirlpool. Consciousness of self. All your ideas and plans, that'll be the first thing to die. This is the baptism of the glory. This is begin to know the Lord in a more deeper, intimate way. We need to know the Lord like Noah knew the Lord in the judgments of the waters. We need to understand righteousness. We need revelations of the plumbing of these temples. Otherwise, the enemy going to get us. Days of Noah, 
Only a few people understood. Why? Because only a few people would listen. Most people distracted by the external natural realm. I mean, most people, Jesus Christ said, will be deceived. The only evidence that you're not deceived is if you're in the river, getting liquefied, getting a blender, and there's good fruit, which is the never-increasing joy. If that's not happening, you are totally deceived. Totally deceived. And we come to an understanding and humility that I'm completely deceived because the joy is not increasing on the path I'm currently taking. Either areas of my mind where I'm believing the wrong things about myself and others in God. And so we have to return to the river, which is listening to the message of the knowledge of the glory, listening to the words that explain the waters of salvation listening to the words into our mind that brings our mind back into the river. That's how you get back into the water. That's how you get back on the narrow path. The narrow path is a water path. It's very narrow because almost everything here is dry, which is knowledge in the brain. And it all appears good, doesn't it? Tree of knowledge appears good. One thing that's always Satan is if it appears good. Satan appears as the most perfect charismatic Christian. He'll be the best communicator of the things of the spirit you ever heard. But it won't even profit your spirit because the source is selfishness. If it's sacrificing self and it's an irritation to self, usually through a broken person, because that's the only way God moves in the whole Bible, through people that break the self nature, which means it'll be broken. It's not going to be put together. It's going to be broken. It's not. I did not come to you with intellectual speech like a professional, polished politician or clergyman. I came to you in a demonstration of the river, of the living water. And it's, it's wet. It's messy. You're going to get drenched. Your hair is going to go all different directions. You're going to wonder if it's God. No, it's a washing machine. It's God. But it's going to be something that's going to cleanse you and it's going to get you out of yourself which is getting your mind attached to the water, which is an intimate relationship with the Lord of Spirits. When your mind begins to see and understand the movement of the water, that's the knowledge of the glory. That's the renewing of the mind. That's true metamorphosis. That's going from glory to glory. More and more understanding of God's waterways. What are God's ways that are higher than our ways? Our ways are dry ways. Driveways, dryways. His ways are waterways. His ways are all rivers. Out of Eden, which is God's dominion flowed, rivers and watered the garden. How did God choose and establish the foundations of the world? The Bible says he created it on an ocean and on rivers. The dominion of the earth is only in the water. If you're not in the water, you're missing out on all God's government. It's false maturity, 100% of the time. It'll sound polished, it'll sound right, it's deception. It's a liquid dominion that takes dominion over the natural realm. Which means in order to be in the path of the Lord, to grow in happiness, to grow in joy, to grow in the true spiritual dominion over the natural realm, there has to be an ever-increasing understanding of God's liquid ways. And you become liquefied yourself. The new creature is a water creature. Ezekiel 47. Are you in it? It's all fish. To be saved is to become an aquatic creature in the Bible. How did they demonstrate salvation? John the Baptist was the voice in the river outside of organized religion, the voice of the wilderness. But was in the wilderness, not the dry place. He didn't speak from the desert. He spoke from the river. 
the water outside of religion is the path to the Lord and a progressive understanding. John the Baptist was still in the Old Testament. Whoever's in the kingdom is greater than John, Jesus Christ said, which means now you're in no longer the symbolism of the water. Now you're in the Holy Ghost and you will begin to understand the rivers of Eden that are programmed at birth into your spirit, but you have to persuade your mind. That's why you're transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the word. And your mind begins to flow in the river and you become a water temple. A water temple alone, in Ezekiel 47, is a manifesting son of God who can teach on what is outpouring through my forehead because we control the water courses of life. We have been given kingdom business and we take dominion over the dry place. The tabernacle of David is the tabernacle of living water. Turning this earth back into Eden, a hyperbaric chamber of mist. The rain of heaven. Behold, I come like the rain. I come like living water. There will be a knowledge of the rain which how to bring the living water from the skyline. Daniel 12, they'll bring the firmament water. They'll bring the starry water. They'll bring the waters above the waters. They'll bring the waters under the earth. They'll bring the rivers and the seas that the earth was established on. They'll bring the waters from below. They'll bring the waters from above. Genesis 7:11. in the year that Noah was 600, the fountains of the great deep broke up and burst forth and the storehouses and the windows of heaven were opened and it began to rain. The waters come from below and the waters come from above and everyone is caught in between. That is the imagery of the Bible for never ending revival. So if you want to participate in it, all you gotta do is get liquefied. Which means big drinkers. Gideon's 300 is just the remnant of the vanguard of the armies of the living God. Those that understand how the water works, you got it. they're all professional plumbers. You know, it's like Mario and Luigi, just jumping through different pipes. Just moving underwater, swimming in the stuff. How everything flows. That's what walking in love is, is walking in the waterways of God's original design. God who created everything perfect. He didn't make any mistakes. Now you're just getting back into the law of love, which is back into the, the liquid perfection on which the earth is already established. And then it just pulls the natural realm down into the waters. And that's how you save the world. And that's how we'll live happily ever after. In Jesus' name. Give an offering. You can throw your offering in the wishing well. <laughs> throw it right into Revelation 7:17. The great shepherd, the Lord of spirits, who leads you to the springs of the waters of life, the knowledge of the living water, who's liquefying and blending your life to be water-based life. Not natural H2O, living water, Lord of spirits, glory. Living water, the light of the water. The water is the glory. The water is the Holy Spirit glory and getting your mind renewed to live in that constant state of being, constantly washed, always feeling it pouring out of your spirit, always feeling it pouring out of your hand. Your hands never stop buzzing because you're a water temple of the energy of eternal life. It can't stop. The issue is now taking dominion over the natural realm, which will take prophetic acts of obedience that the spirit of truth will lead you into doing. Amen. And so, Father, I thank you for every person at the sound of my voice learning how to flow 
in the living water and all the fears that keep them in the dry place, I pray for supernatural courage to be imparted into their minds to just jump in and lose control. Like Peter, you got to walk on water, just get out of the boat and get wet. And learn that the water is good, splish splash. It's not going to kill you, it's going to save you from death that you're already in by being submitted to the flesh. You got to get out of the flesh by getting into the water. It's understanding the water that keeps you free. And you stay free indeed if you stay growing in the knowledge of the living water. I thank you, Father, for the voice of many waters here. The very voice of the bridegroom speaking to every single person into their heart of what they are to do, to hear clearly what the water is saying, to bring you deeper into the waters. What does the Bible say? Hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and the Bible says the Spirit speaks as the voice of many waters. The waters of heaven are the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the scriptures coming alive in your minds and he'll speak into your hearts and he'll speak into your spirit he'll speak all over the temple and glorify your whole bodies with the words of his living water and you will hear clearly and you'll be guided clearly by the good shepherd that leads to the springs which is an ever-increasing understanding of the water and your whole life will be drenched with goodness and your whole life will be drenched with blessings and your whole life will be drenched with prosperity and your whole life will be drenched with healing there will be no lack there will be no sorrow there will be no want you'll be perfectly pastored by the living waters as our people hear the voice of the Lord of Spirits and the voice of the bridegroom who says come and drink a deeper measure of the living waters and drown your heart and mind out of the realm of the natural into the glory realm and set yourself free and choose to be clothed in the white waters clothed in white that's what will purify you tonight choosing to go deeper we just thank you for everyone making decisions in their heart to go deeper in the water to get more drowned which is less frowned <laughs> amen and all spun out and turned around in the right direction of the river courses of god's <laughs> eternal destiny for your souls it is wild because it's a river and you will lose control but god's in control as you lose control and you learn how to flow just doing the dead man's float in the new jerusalem moat he's got you the more you lose control to the water the more you're controlled by the holy holy spirit the more you're in control the more the devil's influence in your life so you have to get set free what does the Bible say? To grow in the anointing, you have to get more undignified than this, which is out of the control of external opinions of man. Man-pleasing is the Antichrist. You don't want to be a man-pleaser. You want to be a living water-pleaser, which is a drinker, which means it's going to get wild. It turns into a water park. It's going to be splish-splash city. New Jerusalem is an aquarium. And it's only populated by those that are clothed with gills. No scales, but everyone's underwater, which means it's the full knowledge of the living water. They've come to a place in the river which no man can cross. The brain has been fully submerged and you live under the liquid love of the river of life, of God's true nature, manifesting through your senses, pouring out of your forehead the realities 
of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in substance form. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Bless you guys. Give an offering into Red Letter Ministries. Be blessed as you give. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>